Want access to richer content and exclusive analysis on the business of sport? Sports Pro Plus is used by experts across the industry to make informed decisions, with two membership tiers offering access to original content, exclusive reports, and a suite of business intelligence tools. Become a member today at sportspromedia.com forward slash subscribe and use the code FCPOD10. That's FCPOD10 at checkout for a 10% discount. The Football Co. Business Podcast. The most creative minds and innovative thinkers in football in association with Soccer X. Connecting football for 25 years. Hello and welcome to the Football Co. Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Manby, and for this episode, I spoke to football content creator Ben Black. Ben was one of the very first football personalities to make it big on TikTok, back before the platform was even called TikTok. Anyone remember Musical.ly? He's worked with the likes of Nike, PepsiCo and EA Sports, creating branded content to publish on his channels, as well as creating content with players such as Cristiano Ronaldo, Neymar and Kevin De Bruyne. Now, Ben's the first pure content creator we've had on this podcast, so we got right into the nuts and bolts of what he's learned about TikTok from being on the platform since the early days. We talked about how he's kept ahead of the game when it comes to the evolution of the platform and its audience, and how he's managed to monetize his content while staying true to himself. In fact, he was full of useful insight about what makes a good brand influencer partnership. And finally, we finished by discussing what his dream branded content project might look like and what the 2022 World Cup holds in store. Right, let's get into it as I welcome Ben to the show. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Let's go back, way back, back to before TikTok. What were you doing and what made you start creating content on Musical.ly? as it was back then. Okay, so to be fair, not that many people know this, but my first platform wasn't actually Musical.ly. Like Musical.ly was like kind of my like little breakout, I guess. But my first uh, things that I was uploading on was YouTube actually. So I've always been like one of those kids that like, you know, you just have a camera, you start filming whatever. Like I used to film like magic tricks, I used to film like uh, playing on like my computer and stuff like that. Literally, I went through some of my old videos the other day and we have like the most random videos. I did a video on how to tie shoelaces and it's like, okay, I don't really know what I was doing back then, but like that was like how it kind of all started and I just literally filmed anything. So I kind of, I've always enjoyed it, I guess, but actually starting to upload like football related videos. I used to live in Germany. So I lived there for a year because my parents wanted me to speak German. And when I was there, one of my friends introduced me to this channel called Free Kickers, which was all about free kicks. And uh, they did a series, which was all about who has the best free kick on the internet. So me and my friend spent one whole summer trying to make it onto the series. We didn't make it on, but we had a lot of fun that summer, just basically filming videos nonstop. And we literally used to like go out and film on like a camcorder that you could put like tape in still. So that's how it all began. And you start off doing like free kicks and it's like oh this is cool you, you get like literally like 10 views and i was like so happy because there's that's like I, I have 10 friends this is like all my friends watching it and then as soon as you start getting to 30 people it's like oh this is my whole class and you're not you're not really it, it, 
it's it's exciting to say the least when you're starting off and it's like that amount of viewers it's like still very exciting but it started on youtube started with free kicks and it was how do i make this more exciting started learning the freestyle then what was the next step what was the next step and it was always trying to do it a little bit different to what everyone else was doing not in actually in the first year or so it was very much just what's everyone else doing i'm going to copy them and i'm going to try and do it like that and then i kind of started seeing the success when i started to try and do it differently and musically is the prime example and like something that i will always go back to if i ever start a new project now and people are like why are you doing that i will say look i i did musically before anyone did it and i used to get laughed at for like posts on musically People out there will like laugh at any football videos, like any, like or not for anyone just making videos, especially like at school and stuff. To also get laughed at from other creators doing it on Musically, that was like another step. It was like, but you also make videos, surely you understand. But it's because of the platform itself. It was like, okay, this is a bit of a interesting platform. But it, that was the start. And back then, there were no brands, there were no footballers. It was a pretty small community. You obviously, once you started moving on from the shoelace videos onto the free kick videos, onto the freestyle videos, you started taking it more seriously. But was it just for a bit of fun back then? Or at what point did you realize this could be a possible future career? Yeah, so I started in 2013. That was a long time ago now. Like, I'm I'm still like a young kid, I think. So, like, 2013 is quite long ago. But back then, it was literally just like, you're just fun. I made a group of friends online. You start posting videos. Like the first point where I was like, ooh, this is this is cool. Like I can actually get something other than it just being like a fun hobby is when I got sent my first pair of football boots. Adidas sent me like a pair of football boots and all of my friends were losing it because this was like the t- like high-end model and I got them for free and I was so excited. So that was the first point where I was like, oh, maybe actually this is... I, I might be able to get a little bit more, but it was really when I finished sixth form. So I didn't make any money or like barely anything. We're talking like 20, 30 pounds maybe until I left sixth form. And I basically, I sat my parents down in the living room and I had a whiteboard and I basically had a few options. So I could have gone to university in England. I had some offers here. I could have just like, I, I don't know, gone and got an apprenticeship or something like that. But I really wanted to go and do football in America. One of my friends, their brother, had gone to America and done a football scholarship. And that was like one of my dreams, like to go to America, live the American life. So I, like, I remember for the Christmas just before it, like my older sister had bought me like a proper American sweater type thing because like that, I was, I was convinced like that was what I was going to do. And I had some offers from there. But it was at the point, and I was just thinking in my head, everyone takes a gap year. Well, not every, like some people take a gap year to go travel and stuff, and then they go to university. Why can I not do the same? Take a gap year, not go traveling, but try and do the social media route. So I went and sat my parents down, got a whiteboard out, and I had, okay, I've got my different options here. It's university here, America, scholarship, or I could try and make this social media thing work and we can see where it goes. My dad was 100% go, both my parents were 100% go for it. My dad, there wasn't even a second question. It was go for it. My mum was a bit more like, so where's, where's the money coming from here? If you're living at home for a year and we're like putting food on your plate and you're not paying rent or anything like that, 
Where, where's the money coming from? You're not being a slouch. You're not waking up at like 11, 12 o'clock. You're getting up early morning. You're working hard towards it, which is completely fair if I'm spending a year at home. But basically that gap year was the point where it just kind of went, yeah, this is this could actually be a thing. And I said to my parents, in a year's time, we'll have a conversation. If it's not worked out or it's meh, it's like 50-50, I'll just go to university. Nothing gained, nothing lost. At least I, at least I tried. And then a year later, I, we didn't really even have the conversation. So yeah, was, uh, that was probably the turning point, I'd say. Scholarships to the US are famously hard to come by. And the US collegiate system is more advanced than, say, UK universities as a channel for future professional sportsmen. So that, coupled by the fact that spending two minutes on your social profile shows you're clearly a talented footballer. Did it feel to you then that it was go to the US, try to get a scholarship and pursue a dream of becoming a professional footballer versus go the musically and then subsequently TikTok route? Was it an either or at that stage? No, so I think... I kind of not accepted like there's like there's still a part of me now that's like yeah I could do it but I think I'd kind of accepted back then that definitely not like Premier League or something like that I always told myself maybe I could play in a a lower league I'm not sh- I'm not sure yeah I, I don't know it's weird to think back on because I think back then I was 100% yeah I can do it but looking back at it now I, I think I accepted in my head that probably wasn't gonna make it pro but I definitely thought that if I can go to America and I can play in a college, I could maybe make it into the MLS if I'm one of the standout players. But then when you actually start looking at what scholarships were offered and stuff like that, that's kind of where it was like, it kind of swayed me even more so into doing the social media because the scholarships that were offered, it wasn't like the dream that I had. So I was thinking, oh, I'll go to California, I'll go to Florida. And it was actually like, the northern part of America and it's the weather's kind of similar to to here and there were D2 like colleges they have like a D1 D2 D3 and the people that kind of make it to the MLS all go to D1 colleges so I kind of was in uh, the office that I was getting were in D2 I was you can still do it maybe but it's just yeah I was kind of swayed a bit more when this uh, offers came through I guess that they weren't what I was hoping for so musically it was you set sail and you haven't looked back since. The platform, obviously, on top of having changed name and uh, when the merger and acquisition took place and becoming TikTok, has evolved a lot. How would you analyze the changes since you started using the platform and the impact they've had on you? It's a completely different platform, like completely different. If you'd gone on it in 2016, like even the profile page was like a bright pink screen and your videos were on it there. So even just like visually very different. But back then it was very much a lip syncing platform. All of the people on there were, I, th- I think the majority of people on there were lip syncers from like high school, North America, absolutely massive. And you'd do it in like slow motion and speed it up and you'd hold it up and do like basically lip sync to a song. That's not my sort of thing. Like I make football videos. Back then, there used to be so many different things like being verified was called being crowned. You had like different badges as well. So I had like a sports badge, basically a lot of changes. But back then, I think the people that owned it, they must have known that uh, Dance were interested in buying them because they suddenly started pushing 
anything that wasn't lip syncing. So I think that they knew that if they were going to sell their platform, they had to come across as more than just a lip syncing platform. And it was kind of one of those where the stars aligned. I start posting football videos on there. They need to show that this platform is more than just lip syncing. So they're going to start pushing comedy, sports, anything but lip syncing. And how I actually got started on there is a bit crazy in itself because I was making all these videos on Instagram and YouTube. They were my two platforms in 2016. And one of my friends messaged me and he said to me, so there's this chef in America who posts cooking videos and they do really well. And I thought it was a bit strange because obviously it's a lip syncing platform. It's just, it's lip syncing. Like, why is somebody making food doing well? And I basically said to my mate, well, if uh, like a chef can do well, why can't somebody post some football videos? So what I'm going to do is for the next 100 days, I'm going to post one video a day and I'm just going to see what happens. My second video that I posted on Musical.ly had more views and likes than everything I'd done in the past combined. And I was like, okay, from this is, this is it now. Light bulb moment. Yeah. I, but I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell any of my friends for about maybe four months because I was like, honestly, not embarrassed, but it was like, everyone knew it was a lip syncing platform. And I was like, yeah, I probably, I'm not going to go and tell all my mates that, Ooh, I'm making videos on Musical.ly. But after a couple of months when it starts taking off and I think it was when I got to like 50,000 followers, that's when I was like, Ooh, I, 50,000, this is so many. Like, this is way more than my YouTube, my Instagram, all of that. That's when I started telling people. And then it just kind of went crazy from there on. Because I basically, in a very lucky position, that I was the first person, like, first footballer. Obviously, some someone out there would have been posting football videos, but the first, like, established creator, I guess, like, on Musical.ly. And I started doing everything that I just wasn't doing on Instagram. I started doing like loads of live streams. I, I never live streamed. So going on to Musical.ly suddenly, it just, it was a thing that these people did. Why can't a football person also live stream? So I literally live streamed two hours every single day. And um, in 2017, during this gap year, my brother had actually been traveling and he came back from um, traveling, had a bit of money left over. And I was still at home at this point and I was playing um, FIFA with him on a Saturday night. And one of us was Barcelona and we were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to go and live in Barcelona? So on the Wednesday, we got a one-way flight out there, had nowhere to stay or anything. It was a real like life change. Like this is thrown in at a deep end. I can't speak Spanish. I'm not making any money from social media. And this is my year where I have to make it happen if I want it to properly become like a social media like creator and in those three months was my biggest growth i think i hit um like two hundred and fifty thousand whilst i was out there and i basically went crazy we were doing live streams getting five thousand people watching at a time I, i don't know what it was but in those three months when i was in barcelona it just it it took off so i was just like go with it <laughs> creators can obviously grow their audiences on any social platform very quickly. But that kind of story you're talking about there seems to happen more on TikTok. Yeah. Do you think that's fair? And why is it that TikTok as a platform is growing faster than its competitors? Do you think the two are linked? Yeah, 100%. I I don't think it's like... um, It's very obvious why, I guess you could say. You could literally go on TikTok uh, today, post a video, post a video tomorrow, like basically post five videos once a day, one of those will do well, guaranteed. Like I've never seen a new creator like make a new account and not have like a video that does 
all right, as in at least like 10,000 views or something. It literally happened the other day. I was on a, I was on a shoot and one of the cameramen came up and he was like, oh, I've started a TikTok. Literally my third video has got 50,000 views. And it's so basically TikTok, they want to keep people on the platform. So if you start making videos on TikTok, they're going to give you a little boost at the start to get you excited for to make videos and stuff. And it's such an even playing field compared to any other platform out there. Anyone can make a video and go viral on that. I think pretty much everyone knows that by now as well. Like this was, these were the conversations like two years ago where it was like, wait, anyone can go viral on, on it? It's like, it literally just make account and see for yourself. Anyone, it's an even playing field. Anyone can um, go viral on there. You go on Instagram, they're trying to replicate it now with reels. Shorts are trying to replicate it with YouTube. It's, it's just one of those things that, the more people making videos, the better content that's going to go on there. I think you're right. And we certainly see that on goal as well, that we'll have a huge fluctuation. You can have a massive range in the number of views and likes that a post might get versus the one you published before or after. And I think that's great. You know, it's meritocratic. It encourages you to try new things. You think you've always got a chance of something exploding and going really viral, but it does also make it competitive you can't rest on your laurel thinking i've got a following so i'm definitely gonna guarantee to have a load of views and i guess for you it means you need to keep things fresh you need to stay on your toes you need to ensure that you still standing out from the other talented football creators out there i i think there's like two things with that so with everyone being able to go viral on there like the competition is like anyone can do it suddenly everyone's got a funny video on their phone how am I going to compete with somebody's funniest video ever times all of the people in the world versus me trying to do it every single day? It's like, it's quite hard, but I think there's a big difference between some creators. Some creators, they'll get a lot of views for, as you were just saying, like it fluctuates a lot. Like sometimes I'll do, I have like loads, sometimes it'll go like not so much. The creators that are like are really established and brands should probably look to work with are the ones that are getting consistent views because that's the hardest thing to do on TikTok. And if they're getting consistent views, that means that they have a very like solid audience. Then it's not obviously nothing's guaranteed, but you're better off working with a, a creator like that who's getting those consistent views. Another thing that um should definitely look out for is some creators do like a a series they'll start making certain videos and tiktok will push every single video in the series they try and change their content up and it won't do as well but they're just they become known for having that series if a brand wanted to get some decent views on tiktok maybe go and have a look for certain series and try and build your product into their series that is already doing well don't try and get them to make new content because that's probably not going to do that well. So I want to delve into that because that's, that's interesting. We've talked about you know monumental rise of TikTok popularity. We've got this fanatical audience and the stat that I think is most interesting about TikTok is I, I think it's 50 minutes per day is the average amount of time that a UK adult spends on TikTok. That's it's like ridiculous. It's like 26 hours a month on the platform. It's about double what other social platforms are. So you've got Huge rise in popularity, fanatical audience spending a huge amount of time on there. Unsurprisingly, the brand interest arrives. And I want to delve into that a little bit because obviously for a creator like you, you want to capitalize on this. And, you know, this is this is your equity, your name and your followers and your audience. So what's the secret to delivering a good brand message within your content? 
I think that actually, like, working with creators has changed so much purely because of TikTok. I think brands are realizing now that you, you can easily go and just boost views by uh, either buying them or like pushing the videos to whoever, but it's not like how valuable it are those views. If you're like promoting your posts, like a brand is like pushing your content, like how valuable are those viewers gonna be? Are they actually gonna have a look at what you're promoting? If you go to a creator who has a very solid audience and is actually genuinely interested in what the person's doing, the value is gonna be so much more than if it was just being pushed like that. On TikTok, I feel like it's made people realize, trust the creator, trust what videos that they're doing and how can we build our product into their video. So for me, I make football videos. One of my biggest uh, series on TikTok is meeting the players and filming with them. It, it makes perfect sense for a sports-related brand to go, okay, let's try and get some, uh, player access and we'll try and get Ben to film a video with them. And we did that with um, ProDirect. So they gave me half an hour with Ruben Diaz to film whatever videos I wanted. Obviously, I gave them the ideas beforehand. It comes like hand in hand. You have to trust the creator, but there's also definitely, the brand can definitely ask for some guidance, I guess. Uh, they can put forward some guidance, sorry. So they come to me and they say, we've got new boots coming out. We'd love to get the certain points across about them. Like these boots are meant to be really strong, for example. And then the video that I would make is maybe doing, uh, like kicking the ball and it's exploding because that's how strong the, the boots uh, make me for like, just as a, an example. But um, a brand comes along, they say, okay, Ben makes football videos, his best series is with the players. Let's build our product into the video with the players. ProDirect did it with Ruben Diaz. We made three videos. I think in total, those videos probably 8 million views, something like that, May maybe over 10 million actually. And it's just hand in hand partnership that works perfectly. So if I was the brand, I would purely be looking on TikTok for creators that have a good audience, have a, like a certain style of video that I'll do well, and then thinking, how can I build my product into that? Not how can the creator make a video around my product? Okay, so let's flip that. So that's what a brand should be looking for when they're deciding which creator to work for. How about from your point of view? As a creator, what makes a good brand to work with and I guess more importantly, or, or the question I want to get to is, when do you want to get involved? Because I was interested there with the Ruben Diaz example that you were saying you came up with your ideas or they let you choose the ideas. But a lot of these brands will have media agencies, they'll have creative agencies, they'll be running advertising campaigns around it. They might have distribution partners. So do you prefer to be involved right from the start and in the ideation? Or does it often happen that someone will come to you and they'll say, hey, this is what we want to do. Will you run with it? It's completely fair that like a brand would have a rough idea of what content that they would be wanting to go out. So in this example, a retailer wanted the points to come across about the football boots. For me, if they come to me and they're like, okay, we've got these football boots, what, what video can you make with them? That's where I want to get involved. I, I can give them some ideas and hopefully they just trust me enough to be like, yeah, this is all right, this kind of fits. They're quite flexible as well, because if it's forced, it's gonna come across in the video and it's not gonna perform well. But from a creative point of view, when they just come with me with a rough brief that I'm allowed to 
do my own thing. And I also think it's a lot on the creator as well. Like if, if I just turn around and went, yeah, I'll just film whatever you want me to. It's even worse for me as well, because if I want my branded videos to do well, like I don't want to be putting content out there that viewers don't want to want to watch. Don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, just be flexible. Give me a rough outline of what you want to achieve with the, these videos, like what points you want to get across and let me try and figure something out. Obviously you can have the final say if you're happy or not. And we can maybe compromise on certain things, but just give me a rough idea and I can take it from there. And do you think brands get that? I mean, do you often have to say no? Do you turn down business because you just think this is not right for me or yeah. the brand doesn't get me? How often does that happen? To be fair, I so I have like management now and I have a really good like relationship with them. So they kind of have a good gauge of what I'm like happy with and what I'm not. And I, I see this as, as like a startup business. I just let them have complete control over that side. I've told them what I am happy with, what I'm not too happy with. If there are any that they're unsure about, they'll ask me. So I don't actually see all of that side of it, but I, I know for sure that we've uh, turned stuff down and not just like a little bit of stuff, like quite a bit of stuff because it just doesn't, it wouldn't fit into what I'm doing. Like how am I meant to promote some random thing. I'm sure there's some really creative way you could get into it and do something around it. But a lot of the time it's like, this just isn't, it doesn't feel real, you know? I'm happy to promote sporty stuff. My audience is sporty. If you've got a really cool product and I would genuinely enjoy it myself, let's let's try and figure out a way. Let's do something creative. But there are some times where it's just like, this, this just isn't going to work. I think the audience knows that as well, don't they? Yeah. I think... Nowadays, the audience is absolutely fine with their creators, the people they follow, making a bit of money and promoting products. And that's absolutely fine. But I think they can sniff out BS pretty well. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing you got to remember, like viewers, like not dumb, you know, they're just, they're just people. They know that creators make money. And if they see a creator just coming along and just like waffling about some stupid product, their trust in you just goes down like it's why would you listen to somebody talking about some silly product and then a week later they're talking about another thing i'm not going to trust that because of what's happened a week ago so you have to think about everything if i work with this brand and it's not right for me that will affect all of my future brand deals as well ben you're obviously tiktok has been a sweet spot for you and you found this audience and your content does phenomenally on it but you're still publishing on instagram and you're still publishing on youtube how do you balance the time and effort that you dedicate to those different platforms? How do you prioritize what you're going to do each day? To be honest, it's one thing that I struggle with like quite a bit. It's really weird because on one side in my head, like oh, I just make football videos. Like I just go out, it's football pitch, have a kick about, post it later in the day, easy. And then on the other side, I've got this whole like I want to. It's a startup business. I pay a filmer, an editor every month. I pay a project manager every month now. And this has literally just been over the past few years trying to build a machine almost that just everyone has their own part and it all just keeps like keeps working. And this gives me time. So I, I'm getting more done, spending less time doing it. And if I have more time to do my stuff that's where i can go overboard with the creativity i can focus more on making an insane tiktok video if everything else is going on in the background that's one of the reasons why i have such a like good relationship with my management because i said to them like look after it for me we've worked together for so long 
from now on, I completely trust you, take, take care of it. I'm gonna focus on the content. For me to focus on the content, I've got my main account on TikTok and Instagram. They're my two main accounts because that's what that's what makes the money. That's where I've got the biggest audience. So th- those two have to be my priority. And recently, I know for sure that I've not been good enough in saying, this is my priority. Just forget about the other stuff for a moment and just focus on that. Because I try and do too much at once, if that makes sense. Like I'm trying to look after a different channel, which is getting like, a thousand views per video when my main account is getting literally like hundreds of times more than that and I, I'm caring more about this smaller channel but in my head I know in the future that that channel could also get to that level of my main one so I'm trying to keep it ticking over but also be really good and that is such a hard balancing act so I try and prioritize the main accounts because that's where the, that, realistically that's where I'm making my money and that's where the biggest audience is. I then have like a Ben Black football account, which is more personality based because I realized on my main account, a lot of the videos aren't me talking. Uh, You see my face, but a lot of the time I'm doing football skills and stuff like that. So I thought I need a a channel where people get to know me and my football and opinion. And I can do, I can just post whatever on there and not worry about the views because it's a second account. My main account is where I need to be focused on the views and all of that side. So I started posting on the second account. I post two or three times a day on there. And that's just about to hit 180,000 followers. And I've been doing that since the Euros last year. So just doing that thing on the side and it's been so beneficial. Like people, I think, recognize me more from my second account than my main account now, which is nuts. But it's purely because of the personality uh, side of it. And then I took it one step further and I was like, okay, if I want to have a genuine connection with my audience, the best way to do that is live streaming. So I started taking up all of the live streaming, doing two hours of live streams every single day and trying to basically connect with my audience uh, that way. And it is quite hard to keep on top of it all, but I basically built a machine now that my Ben Black football account, my second account on TikTok, I can literally film maybe 10 videos in, I I can do it in bulk basically. Like on a Monday, I can sit down with my camera, film them all or plan the ideas out, write them down, what clips need to go in and stuff. And I can send them to my like project manager and he'll edit them and post them for me. So I completely forget about it. I then have the other person who can take the videos from TikTok and post them on Instagram on the second account. And then they can also post them on the YouTube. So we're distributing so much content every single day and it's like well as you can tell i'm just like a kid in my bedroom but all you need is is the phone and everything can can do and bearing in mind i was trying to do a lot of this before i got the people to help me but i realized that i need like it was a pretty it's pretty unhealthy uh the amount of time that i was spending doing it and i was like i can't i it's not sustainable so i thought if i invest in this and those accounts start making money paying for themselves then I can just focus more on making better content on my main account. Ben, I want to talk about 2022 and what the rest of the year holds. Do you have any dream project in mind? Like what for you would be the perfect project to work on? Location, event, player, possibly brand involved as well. My my big thing at the moment is the videos with the players. That's a series that I really enjoy. And I want to push it to more than just players. So teach Will Smith how to do an around the world. 
like so, uh, just really random videos, like ones you just wouldn't expect. Have a penalty shootout with Ed Sheeran, just absolutely out there, crazy. So I, I'd love it if a brand came along and basically made it, made those sorts of videos possible. If I could film with Messi at some point, that'd be the the top tier. That'd See be- the one you're missing. Yeah, you've got Cristiano. You've done Neymar. Yeah, Messi's Messi's the final piece. <laughs> no, but also there's so like any any player is exciting. Definitely Messi would be would be the topic. Uh, Haaland or Mbappe as well. They'd be two very cool people to film with as well. So let's talk about the World Cup final question. Obviously coming up later this year. Have you already got plans for that? Could that represent this dream project? Do you already know what you'll be doing around the tournament? It's still it's still really far away. I think that, like we've had some like conversations with like certain brands about going out there, and um, I, I'm not even sure what I'd be doing out there, but going out there and producing some content for the brands or something like that. But honestly, I'm not sure. At the moment, my life is very very last minute. It's like oh, tomorrow you have a shoot with whoever, or tomorrow you have to do this. So it's very day to day at the moment. So the World Cup feels very far away. <laughs> Things move fast. Yeah. <laughs> ben, thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank you for having me. We've been talking about it throughout the podcast, so it's worth a plug. Where can our listeners find and follow you on social? So my TikTok is just at Ben, literally B-E-N, and I, I should come up. And the Instagram is Ben Black. That shows you got on early when you've got at B-E-N. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a sign of that early adoption which you were talking about. Thank you very much, Ben. And thank you for listening. For more podcasts like this, please make sure you're following us and give us a review or check out the show archives at footballco.com. Thanks for listening. All the best. The Football Co. Business Podcast. The most creative minds and innovative thinkers in football in association with Soccer X. Connecting football for 25 years.